0: Literary Scape presents the historical inspirational book club podcast, The First of Its Kind. This show is for those who love clean romance adventure stories from the 1800s. This is Tiffany. Hi, Tiffany Hello. and I'm Hello. Melissa and normally we have uh, my sister Jessica and uh, one of our friends Jamie but they couldn't make it this time but Jamie did want to tell you that she absolutely loved this series oh, and yeah, do you yeah. have a patchwork series um yes uh patchwork family mm-hmm. yes okay so she said she loved that one as well you're one of her favorite authors so she was really bummed yeah, yeah the, she couldn't join us today she um at work she had several people call off so being one of the bosses she said i gotta go in and cover so <laughs> i understand you know how that goes so yes uh, I'm going to record the introduction at a different time um, when I can use my microphone and things. So we'll just go ahead and dive in if you're ready. Sure. Okay. Well, (laughs) first of all, we just wanted to say thank you for joining us. We're excited to talk to you about your Hanger's Horseman series. So we'll start off with what was your inspiration for the Hanger's Horseman series?
1: So book inspirations come from a lot of different places for me. It's not always the same. And uh, with this particular series, I think I went back to some of the television shows that I watched when I was a a young teenager, young adult um, age. So you may have, if you've read them, you may have gotten an A-team vibe when you were um, Yes, (laughs) we did say that. We have the four ex military guys who are kind of vigilantes for justice, um, you know, working together, having that, that tight, tight knit brotherhood, um, mm-hmm. and so that kind of was the inspiration behind them. But I had to give it a uh, magnificent seven spin, so there was a <laughs> magnificent seven series also in the early 90s uh, oh, okay. that I used to watch on television, so I kind of combined those two, and then just to throw in one more TV show for um, the first. Book for at love's command. There's also a, a Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman kind yep. of going on there with the, <laughs> the female doctor with Dr. Joe. So yep. I had a lot of fun just kind of mixing some of those um, TV series from my uh, my young adult age.
0: <laughs> I love I love that, and yeah. I think it's so funny because when we were talking about the series earlier, we said actually I was talking to my husband about it. Uh, and he goes, so basically it's like the A-team, but in the 1800s, <laughs> I said, yes. Uh, A-teams was maybe a little bit before, a little bit before our time. Like I've seen um, episodes of it, but Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman mm-hmm. was my mom's favorite. And so we watched that every week with her.
2: <laughs> yes.
0: Yes. I mean, I could go back and rewatch it. Those those are good episodes.
2: <laughs> So which character did you enjoy writing the most? So I tried to think outside of the
1: main characters when, when thinking about this question and, um, secondary characters are some of the most fun to write because I have a little more freedom to um, give them more quirks and a little more humor or just sentimental kind of things. And so um, not only do I love humor, but as a mother, I'm also really um, tenderhearted when it comes to kids. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to pick two of the boys from um, the second book in the series, The Heart's Charge, Abner and Rowdy. Those are going to be my my two (laughs) favorite that were the most fun to write um they i mean they were both Abandoned um, at an early mm-hmm. age having to kind of make their own way in the world um, but yet they both have these strong protective instincts for the even younger kids that they're kind of protecting um, so Rowdy has his his little gang of uh, railway boys and uh, he's very protective of them and then Abner is at the foundling home where the um, two heroines run that uh, harmony house and um, he still feels very protective of the younger kids there And he feels protective since he's the oldest man, but, you know, he's, you know, he feels protective of the two women that have taken him in too. And so those two just really kind of touched my heart. Um, And one of my, I think, most emotional scenes that I wrote out of the whole series was the scene between Abner and Jonah Brooks when they're having a conversation about um, godly uh, identity and Mm -hmm. leadership and that kind of thing. So I'll pick them. Okay, so
0: <laughs> I have to say we were just, again, because we've been recording, uh, we do an episode per book. And so we were working on that this morning. And so we literally <laughs> just finished our discussion with um, our favorite characters outside the main characters and we uh, i chose abner and rowdy and yeah. she chose abner as well and wart right wart. i liked Wart. yes <laughs> uh they're just for the same reasons that you just said and then we talked about our favorite scenes and i said the same thing that you said that's so funny the with jonah and abner literally brought tears to my eyes, like as I was reading it. So good job writing that scene. It was, it was amazing. And I'm doing like a, Starting something new with your series is a deep dive. So like we'll do the first half where it's us talking and then the second half, it's me going deeper into some of those biblical um, messages that are in there. And I believe that that is one when I recorded by myself, I started crying when I was talking about it because I was like, there is such like our identity in Christ. And and just the way Jonah handled that with Abner, you just really wrote a beautiful scene. So thank you.
1: Well, thank you for that encouragement. That's wonderful. And I love that you are, that the readers are connecting with the, they can feel my heart, I guess. Uh, yeah. The readers, so that's wonderful. Yeah. Uh,
0: so we're going to, uh, what messages, I'm sorry, I, I skipped <laughs> one. What was your most frustrating character or who was your most frustrating character to write?
1: Okay. This one is going into uh, book one um, with At Love's Command and Jock Dr. Joe's brother. I about wanted to smack him across the head so many (laughs) times. Um, I don't want to give the plot away, but, um, he, he was one of those kids that, I mean, he's not a kid. He's a, he's a young man, mm-hmm. but, um, he'd been given every advantage growing up. You know, he, he had a good family, loving family. He had education, he had experience, yet he squandered everything. Right. And he, right. He, he needed to make poor choices, dug himself into holes so big. They threatened to take the whole family down with him. I mean, it was just bad choice after bad choice, after bad choice. And I, I really wanted to just reach into the story and (laughs) smack him. And I'm sure Matthew Hanger also felt that way because he probably reflected a lot of my angst as I was (laughs) writing I could see
0: that. I could definitely see that. (laughs) I think we would agree. I, I think at one point when we were talking, I said, I really felt like, I wanted to smack him
2: upside the head and say, you're an idiot. (laughs) Wake up. (laughs) Right? (laughs) What are you doing? (laughs) The next question, what messages did you want your readers to walk away with after reading each of the Hanger's Horseman books?
1: With this series, I think I, and I don't know how much of it was intentional and how much just kind of evolved out of who the horsemen were, but I think overarching across all three books, the main... Um, theme that I just kept going back to over and over again is um, helping others who are in need. Um, Whether you are, you know, this mighty horseman who, you know, has guns blazing and is able to come in and save the day, or maybe you're just a quiet woman who really, you know, you don't like being around people. You'd rather just, you know, read a book and and work on your needlework, but she has this inner strength that reaches out and helps the wounded, helps those that are lost, Um, or even like we talked about with Abner and Rowdy, even the children, You know, look, there's always somebody around you who needs something, um, whether it's, you know, physical needs, whether it's emotional needs, whether it's, um, you know, spiritual needs. Um, there's always somebody that um, you can help if you just open your eyes and see. And I think, um, you know, this book was was written during the whole you know pandemic kind of mm-hmm. uh, time period. And um, I, I think about how much isolation and loneliness, um, you know, people were experiencing a lot of depression and anxiety and and those kind of things. And I really feel like. it's a chance for us to open our eyes and see um, the people around us and, and see how can we help, even if it's just, you know, offering friendship, even if it's just something small, it doesn't have to be big to make a big impact.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: I like that. That's a great message. And I could say as a reader that I could see that coming across because in every book they're helping um, someone in, in their own way too. Like, Mm -hmm. I, like you said, like the quiet, like, I feel like Kate is that person, the quiet she's doing what she can, but she's like a behind the scenes kind of person. Um, Exactly. Yeah. So who was your favorite leading male character and why, and what actor could you see playing this role?
1: All right. These questions are always hard to answer. <laughs> I, they're not asking a mom who's your favorite kid. There's not really. You
2: can't, yeah. So,
1: <laughs> I, I will pick, but I'm going to skirt around it for a little bit. Okay. Okay. So, so of course, I. I have a special connection to each of my heroes. I fall a little bit in love with each of my heroes as I, you know, write the story. Because if I don't create somebody who I think is worthy of falling in love with, then what's the point of my heroine, you know? So, uh, Matt, I've always had a a place in my heart for kind of that... Oldest kid, super protective, courageous. He's a leader. He's so mm-hmm. dependable. You could count on him in a crisis. You know, so much of that i I really admire and and love. Um, mark, he uh, he was my favorite for just his ability to tease and to laugh and to bring uh, lightness into a moment. Yet he still was a man of depth. So it didn't mean mm-hmm. that he was a real frivolous guy. He just he was so personable. he cared about people. Um, but he still had that, that layer of depth to him as well. And yeah. then Jonah, I love Jonah for his, his quiet strength. He was so compassionate and he never shirked away from something just because mm-hmm. it was hard, you know? So I really admired that about him. And then Luke, um, was, you know, he's my most re- recent one. So he, he also had the protective nature, a very sacrificial spirit, um, and just a super dedication to God's word, which of course mm-hmm. I, I find very admirable. So I, I'm going to end up picking Luke um, from in honors defense um, just because I think mainly because he's he's freshest on my mind since he's the most mm-hmm. recent hero yeah um, but also I, I have a little soft spot for the wounded hero and he has yeah. a really heart-tugging backstory Um, and so he's I really wanted to make sure he had the sweetest um, happy ending that I could make because of of the struggle that he went through as a child and so mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm going to say Luke I'm going to act choose but I love them all. <laughs> well
2: it's funny because I couldn't choose the favorite. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I kind of said exactly what you said. She likes like all the different a different I was like, I can't just pick one because I like this about this one, this about this one. Yeah. Whereas you had your her favorite was Luke. Yeah, I chose I chose
0: Luke, but I said the same thing. Like like what you it's so funny that we were discussing the same <laughs> things. Like there's aspects of each of them that we absolutely loved. And I thought you did a great job writing them, by the way, just really making them come to life. But I said if you could pack it package like the piece that we like of each of them into one man (laughs) that'd be like the perfect man (laughs) Uh, but I chose Luke too because I thought he's he's so loyal I loved his loyalty yes like you I liked what he rose up out of Mm -hmm. I mean he did have quite a bit to overcome but then his protective nature. I absolutely loved it. I loved the scene where he was cupping Damaris's cheek and said, I will protect you and Nate. I just absolutely loved it. So (laughs) are you in need of an escape? Get your next great escape at LiteraryScape.com. Our online store has books by award-winning authors such as Andrea Beauchard, Crystal Caudill, and Tracy Peterson. We can guarantee a great shopping experience accompanied by genuine customer support. Check back often as we continue to add new items. We look forward to serving you by bringing you quality literature and products. Visit us at literaryscape.com forward slash shop. Did you have an actor that you could see playing Luke? (laughs) So when I was first... You know, I always ask my, uh, I have a Facebook
1: group called the posse mm-hmm. and I, a lot of times I'll ask them to help me pick, okay, here's a rough description of what I'm thinking of my character. You know, let's, let's pick people. And, and sometimes they're just like random a model here or, you yeah. know, yeah. So- anyway with with Luke I went into it with instead of picking an actor I picked um football players because he's he's the really big you know strong burly kind of guy so I picked one from my generation and one from (laughs) more current generation so (laughs) Howie Long was always like one of my my favorite uh football players when I was he played when I'm getting older and he played back in the time when I was you know younger and, and watching football um and also J.J. Watt so uh those were kind of my combo. If I could make, you know, put them together and and make Luke, that's what I would do. Um, as for an actual actor, if I was, you know, if this was ever going to hit the big screen, I was mm-hmm. thinking maybe Mark Wahlberg or somebody like that, who's, who's oh. very strong and,
0: um, charismatic. So anyway, that was where I went. I never thought of Mark Wahlberg, oh, actually. Really? Uh, I went with, uh, David, I, I'm not sure I'm going to say his last name right. Is it Boran, Borans? I'm not sure. He played Booth in the TV show Bones. Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, I just felt like he had the look, but more importantly, he. I feel like he always plays a role where he is that loyal person and he's protective. I yeah. never once thought about looking at a football player, but you're <laughs> right. They have the build that right, Luke, so. uh, Luke has, so... I don't know football players. <laughs> I'll be honest. It was one of those things like growing up, like dad, my dad always watched it, but I always just
2: fell asleep to it, you know? I just avoid my mom's house when the bears are on that yeah. <laughs> Oh goodness. All right. So who was your favorite leading female character and why?
1: So this one I can be a little more decisive on. Um, and I think the reason why is because the person I'm going to choose is probably the most like me. Mm-hmm. Um, so Damaris Baxter um, from In Honor's Defense, again, she's freshest on my mind. But um, she is the one who is actually me on the page. Um, so she, she is an introvert. She really doesn't like being around people, especially people she doesn't know. Um, she would rather be reading and doing needlework. Work, then you know getting out there and, and socializing that's completely me those are my two favorite hobbies and and <laughs> that's exactly what I want to do um, but she also has this fierce um, dedication to family right mm-hmm. she will she will do whatever it takes to take care of her nephew um, and then Luke kind of becomes part of that family as well and she mm-hmm. will do whatever she can uh, to take care of him um, and I I, I love um, I love how she does things on a a subtle way. Like she turns a barn stall into a little homey haven, you know, for Luke. she, She just does these little things that most people wouldn't think about, but it made such a huge difference. And so that's, I, that's one of the reasons I really um, enjoyed writing her. Not only because she was like me, but she also was more of who I wished I could be. <laughs> you know? Yeah, she, she yeah. Took, she took my basic, you know, personality, and then she took it a little further. And it's like that, that's <laughs> kind of what I aspire to be a little more like. So.
0: Oh wow! So do you have an actress then that you could see playing her role? So this was one that I had my posse
1: help me with and picked um, a picture that I liked. I have no, I, I don't know that I've ever seen her in anything, but Lily Collins is her name and okay. she had the look of Damaris that I was looking for, but, and, and I know she's an actress, but I don't know
0: anything about her. So. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> and That's kind of how we are when I do these questions and I think you yeah, do the same thing. Like, we have to research because, and we do the same thing. Like, we're looking for that look and, and then I, and the only, I write down what they're from because I don't really know <laughs> all that they do, but I chose, uh, Kate as my favorite. Cause I just like, I enjoyed her. She was quiet and her sweet disposition yes. she is uh, I, one that I connected. I think the most with because of the kids. I, so I'm a teacher. Well, I was a teacher and now I'm an administrator, but I work in the elementary setting and, um, I just felt like her and I had the same kind of interests and so I really liked her and I I had two people I thought might fit her might be like Hayden um I don't she's from Heroes she played the cheerleader in that tv show Heroes or Sarah Lancaster who played the sister in the TV series, Chuck. I not and it was more because of their look that I thought maybe they might fit her, but I
2: don't know anything of them outside. of that. <laughs> Did you have a favorite? I didn't see. I liked Joe because I'm yeah. a nurse. So I, you know, she, you connected with can, her on that medical her level. Better yeah. her, so. That's
1: perfect. I love that. We all picked somebody different. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Um, Do you have a favorite book in this series? So again, because I picked Luke and I picked Damaris,
1: I should probably pick in honors. <laughs> <defense>. <laughs> so it's book three. It, like I said, it's it's fresher on my mind. Um, and so I, I will pick that one as my overall favorite. But mm-hmm. I have a caveat that I think my favorite scene out of all the books um, is from book two, uh, The Heart's Charge on the Bridge uh, with Mark and Kate and the speeding train. Um, yeah. That. That became my favorite scene, um, not only because it was so much fun to write and it was so, you know, heart pounding and exciting and still romantic and, you know, everything Mm -hmm. else going on in that. Um, But also that scene came about because of research that I did um, on the Kingsland area. And back in that time frame, the only way into it was surrounded by two rivers, two rivers came together, the Llano and the Colorado River came together and kind of isolated um, the town of Kingsland. And so you could get in from the on land from the other side, but the only way to get in um, from the Burnett side was to go over this bridge. And oh. so because it was it, it was a railroad bridge, not a um, you know pedestrian bridge, the little kids would walk to school over this bridge, and and I just I was like you would let your children go over? Yeah. (laughs) Because I, and I, the bridge is still standing and I went um, to Kingsland and saw the bridge. There is no trestle. There's no protection. It's just, here's the railroad tracks going across um, the water. And so if a train is coming, there's nothing that you can like climb on or get out of the way. And so the all, and there were, um, I had found some documentation of, um, you know, uh, people who were remembering back, you know, and they were writing Mm -hmm. things down. And um, they talked about how there had been people who timed their crossing poorly and uh, had to climb down on the piers and hold on while while the train was going across. And so as soon as I found that, I was like, I have got to find a way to work that into this book and so that just that became one of my favorite scenes out of out of all of them because of the research tied into it um as well as just how how fun it was to write that scene
0: yeah I enjoyed that scene it was one of our favorites that we pulled out of that book as well but what an amazing background with it that's that's crazy (laughs) I just thought oh she she came up with a really great idea right right. Awesome. I would say if I were to pick my favorite out of this series, I would also go with in honor's defense, but I think it's because I just fell in love with Luke. <laughs> and I love, but I think you, you had it in, uh, at Love's Command too, it'd probably be my second one. I love the damsel in distress. I love the, her, our heroine being uh, rescued by our hero. So. <laughs> right. So what
2: are some of your other or sorry, what are some of your other books that you would recommend to readers who really enjoyed your Hanger's Horseman series? Um, So if you really enjoyed the Hanger's Horseman series, I would probably recommend the Archer
1: Brothers series. It's another... um, Mm -hmm series that centered around uh, four strong men. um, And these were brothers, uh, actual blood related brothers instead of um, military friends. And uh, they were raised on an isolated ranch depending only on each other um, as they grew up. And then um, finally they, in the in book 1 in short straw bride uh meredith uh actually invades their you know private domain in order to warn them that uh enemies were coming to burn them out and so that kind of is what opened opened their door to the rest of the world again and helped them start to reintegrate with um society and so um the first book at, oh all the brothers are named for heroes of the alamo which was kind of fun for me so we had travis Crockett, uh, Jim, and uh, Neil. And so uh, Travis Travis, and Jim sort of have their story told in Short Straw Bride. Um, Crockett is stealing the preacher. Neil is in a novella called A Cowboy Unmatched. And then they all kind of come together um, for a um, reunion story in An Archer Family Christmas. But since Jim didn't really have his own story, he gets his uh, point of view in the Christmas story. Um, so I had a lot of fun with that family as well.
0: I, now that you're talking about it, that's so funny. I think I read that a while ago and, but I don't think I've done the Christmas story that went with it yet. So I need to get back to that one. So <laughs> I, I, and I really enjoyed it. It was great. Enjoyed that one. Uh, do you have any other authors or books that you would recommend to our listeners? So since we're coming up to
1: the Christmas season, um, mm-hmm. I'll recommend uh, my latest novella, which is A Texas Christmas Carol. Um, it actually um, recently won uh, the ACFW Carol Award, and it's up for a Christie Award, which is one of the most prestigious awards in Christian fiction. So I'm super proud about that. Oh,
0: well, congratulations. <laughs> Thank
1: That's exciting. you. Um, it's, it's, as the name implies, it's a Western twist on a Dickens classic, um, So, but I, I actually turn it into a romance (laughs) so so it's it's a really it's a fun it's kind of a beauty and the beast kind of theme you have a you know the scroogey grouchy you know hero and then the Mm -hmm. the very cheerful and determined to you know get this guy to help the poor and you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Felicity, Felicity Wiggins is the, uh, is the heroine. And so it's, it was a really fun story. Um, it's available um, as an e-single um, or you can get it um, in the print collection under the Texas mistletoe, which also contains um, an Archer family Christmas. So,
2: oh, okay. <laughs>
0: I will have to get those. Um, We're always looking for Christmas stories for our December episodes. So that's awesome. Do you have uh, anything in the works right now for your readers? So the next series that'll be coming up um, is a is a new
1: series, and I'm going to be giving a Texas twist, to classic fairy tales. So the series is called Texas Ever After, and uh, the first book in the series is Fairest of Heart, and it is a Snow White uh, retelling. And so we have a Texas Ranger hero, a villainous with a fondness for mirrors, and seven retired drovers at the Diamond D Ranch. So oh, it's, my goodness. <laughs> I did
2: love it. It's going to be a lot of
1: fun.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. And did that come out already? Because I feel like I saw something posted for that. The or is it cover, coming out?
1: The cover was just revealed. That's so, we right. did a yeah, we did a cover reveal, but the book doesn't come out until June.
0: Okay. Oh, we might have to add that series right? to our list here. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Yeah, that's what it was, the cover reveal. Yeah. So how can our listeners get in touch with you?
1: So the best way to find out more about my books um, or about uh, me and and there's a way to contact me is through my website, uh, KarenWittemeyer.com. Um, I have bonus content there as well as monthly book giveaways and and. Ways to connect and that kind of thing, um, so that's probably the the most um, the easiest way to do it. Um, if you enjoy Facebook, I also I think I mentioned earlier have a Facebook group called The Posse. This is where I interact with readers on a daily basis. I'm active there five days a week, uh, and we we like I talked about we we brainstorm characters. Sometimes we talk about plot. Um, sometimes we. Uh, brainstorm title ideas, I mean, all kinds of different things. We also just, you know, talk about books and enjoy, we have a, a monthly reading challenge that we do every month. And then we have um, fun things that we do, like we have a um, Christmas ornament exchange, a handmade Christmas ornament exchange every every year right around this time. And so uh, we do fun things like that. And it's just a great place to interact with other uh, book lovers and uh, Christian fiction readers. And so that's a, that's a fun, just kind of a place
0: to chat, if you enjoy chatting. Yeah, that does sound like fun. We have to check that out. I think I'm signed up for your newsletter, but. Great. um, I haven't done the posse yet. That actually sounds (laughs) like a lot of fun. Um, Well, we just wanted to say thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoyed our interview with Karen. If you would like to connect with her, then be sure to visit LiteraryScape.com to sign up for our free live Q&A with Karen Whitmer, Julie Lesman, Melissa Jaggard, and Margaret Brownlee on December 10th at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We hope to see you there. Until next time, happy and blessed reading.